Okay, this is the morning you've all been waiting for, holding your breath. <laughs> um, so we're going to, um, since this is the last class, I figured if I, if I broach this subject on the last class, if you get run out of town, well, there's not that much lost. So, so I thought we would do that. Um, but this isn't going to be like anything you've heard about um, that subject. Um, and I want to frame it first, frame it up just right. So Paul says something to Timothy. He's talking about a spiritual gifting, a charisma within Timothy. And he says, look, stir it back up. Stir it up. Okay, this is like Timothy, you know, son of Paul, spiritual son of Paul. And still Paul says, look, you kind of walked away from the gifting in you. Stir it back up again. And then he gives him this great reminder. He says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. That second part of that verse to me is the most important scripture about the Holy Spirit in all of scripture. And it looks like this. Think of, uh, think of a tripod and, and you have a camera in the tripod and you look at life through that camera from a Holy Spirit perspective. You look at life through that camera and the three legs of that tripod are power, love, and a sound mind. Everything about the Holy Spirit is a balance of those three things. So every subject I talk about, every time I encounter the Holy Spirit, when I talk to somebody and we debate, you know, doctrine, everything, the Holy Spirit is always a balance of power, love, and a sound mind. So when you come at tongues, you come at it with a balance of power, love, and a sound mind. When you come at the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's that balance. When I come at raising my hands in worship or not, every subject, you come at it with this balance. The funny thing is, is that if I have a leg that's shorter than another leg, then I look at everything like this. And that causes some problems. First of all, I'm out of balance, but don't know it. Because all I know is through my lens. And I walk around like this, and if somebody else is like this, I go, well, you know, what, you know what's the matter with them, right? Because all I know, this is my paradigm, and everything I believe is in my paradigm. Even things that I don't think are right, I, know, I think they're not right through this lens. And so if I, the second thing is, is I'm out of sync with the Holy Spirit. So, so I am walking through my Christian walk. I'm approaching things about God. But I, and I don't know it, but the Holy Spirit's going, hello, hello. And, and I'm, I have not allowed for that part of the Holy Spirit to sort of exist. I've, I've, sort of, I've sort of pushed that off the table, off of my table. And lastly, I can't see eye to eye with people who either have balanced legs or have another leg that's short, right? And so if you think about a, a place that um, is very doctrinally correct, very scripturally oriented, very, very, a really strong sound mind leg. That, I mean, we can do it in the Greek and Hebrew and we can even do it in Aramaic if you want. You know, so we are, we're very, and, and we are given to love. Uh, we, we love people well, we pour our lives out, we pour our money out, we pour our time out. But this power thing, not so much. Uh, you know, that's a little, that's a little Pentecostal for our tastes. That's a little, you know, not so much. Well, 
So what happens then is these three things, and, and we're losing our light here, these three things um, begin to happen in us where, where it's subtle, it's not a big deal. You could say, brother, it's all about love, it's all about love, and you go, that's true. But it's also about power. Paul says, in the end times, people will hold to a form of godliness, but deny power, deny this leg. This, this is going to fade away, and we're going to shift into doctrine. You see, if you read church history, you go, it didn't take very many hundred years until the power leg got pretty well pushed to the side, and we went off into doctrine land. And it really wasn't until the 60s. I mean, there, there has always been power. If you read, there's some great books. One's called... 2,000 years of charismatic Christianity, and you realize the, the gifts of the Spirit or manifestation never went away. They just kind of got pushed off, and some, some went weird. Why? Because I can go weird on power and forget a sound mind, and you just go, hello, where's your brain? You know, did, did you leave common sense at home? You know, where? And so our, our job, our role, is to is to have these three legs be the same length. And it kind of doesn't matter if they're all fairly short. It's kind of better to be balanced and short than out of balance and going for it in a sense. I mean, you'd rather have two long ones and grow the other one long too. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are power, love, and a sound mind. 12 is all about power in the gifts of the Spirit. 13 is the love chapter. And 14 is all about how we use them soundly within a church service generally. Okay? And so that's the first point I want to make is that everything that we encounter, we want to think in terms of those three things and, and not push one off the table and not argue from one leg against another leg. Okay? That's, that's, not, that's kind of not who we are. The other thing I've said before is is let's never forget what's on the final exam. The final exam is, when I was a stranger, you invited me in, right? When I was poor, when I was hungry, when I was in prison, when I was... So Jesus said, look, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not work miracles? Did I not, did I not? And he said, I never knew you, right? Basically, their problem was a big power leg, and that was it. And they forgot that the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is to change the world. Changes me, but it's not a garage full of power tools to hear the sound and say how cool they are. It just, it's just not what it's about. Um, so let's talk then about spiritual gifts. So, so this is the verse that talks about that. And he says, now concerning spiritual, and I, I translated that absolutely literally, it's an adjective that assumes a noun, but there is no noun. It's not spiritual gifts. People write in gifts. We'd be better saying, now concerning Danes. You know, it's like it assumes Danish people, okay? So this is now concerning spiritual stuff. I don't want you to be unaware. Now, now watch this. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, the varieties of ministries, watch the Trinity in here, but the same Lord. Varieties of effects, but the same God. Then one of the six big butts of the Bible. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So, sorry, I had to do that. So, so let's, Carrie, you're going to be laughing about that forever. I am I'm so sorry. So, so, I just want us to see some of the words. So, spiritual is pneumatica, pneuma, 
<laughs> I shouldn't have done that. The men in this room, the silly men. Um, pneumatico, pneuma, tire. So things of the spirit. I don't want you to be unaware. Now the varieties of charisma, charisma, charis is grace. Ma, package, package of grace. Packages of grace, the same spirit. So this is who you are. Who am I? I, I? I move in mercy. I'm an exhorter. I'm a teacher. I'm a prophet. There are packages, but the Spirit gives you a who you are piece, a who you are gift. Not a what you do gift. It's a who you are. When I, when I come into a situation, if my primary spiritual package, the measure of Christ, it says in Ephesians 4, is, is I look at things from a mercy standpoint, Someone comes into a room, they spill a thing of drinks. The person with mercy gift goes straight to the person. Oh, can I help you? The person with the gift of giving goes straight to the store. I'll get some, don't worry, straight to the store. The person with helps goes straight to the mess, right? And so, you know, the prophet goes, I could have told you this was, you know, going to happen. <laughs> it's like, shut up, it's too late for you now. Get them up. You know, that's the leader. So, okay, and so everybody operates in the who they are gift. And then ministries is diconia. Konia is, is konos, konania, fellowship, Di means singular. So it's me doing fellowship. It's me doing service, diakonia. Bikonia would be two of us doing it, right? So diakonia, one of us doing it, and the same Lord. So while the Holy Spirit gives me who I am, Jesus says, this is what you're going to be doing right now. And then the, the Father, God the Father, energim, he energizes it. He makes it go, Okay. And then there's this but, so this, this says, look, these three things are the structure of how you, who you are, how that works, how the church works. But I want you to know that on top of that, each one is given the manifestation, phanerosis, which is, no, I can't think of an English word. It means clearly, something clearly visible, visible to all. But every one of you is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And now when we think about this whole gift things, we start to muddle around. And so Paul has dissected it here for us. And he says, look, your gift, let's think it works like this. Okay, so you have two lights. You have a spotlight and a Christmas light. And they might be tempted to say, the eye can say to the hand, I don't need you. You're so tiny. Really? Why don't you? I'm a spotlight. I'm an Enneagram 3. Okay. And the Christmas light's going, no, oh, I'm just a Christmas light. And so they're having an issue with the charisma that they're given. And so Jesus takes the spotlight and sticks him in a basement. He needs to kind of shine in a basement for a while and be a spotlight, right? This is what Jesus does and takes this little bulb. And you think he'd make the bulb great, but no, he puts the bulb in a drawer. And he says, your, your role right now is to be at ready but I'm just a little, right. But, but I'm not going to rescue you and make you great. I'm going to make you understand who you are. And after some time, Jesus goes, huh. And so the father causes this spotlight to keep people from tripping and causes this light in the drawer to go, oh, there's other things in the drawer. And, and the, the keeper of the house knows I'm there and it comfort, oh, this, oh, this is nice, okay. And I can't wait to be used. And at some point, maybe sometime around, ta-da, Christmas, and the spotlight now is willing to shine a light, what, on the Christmas light. Because he's learned, because he's grown, because he's matured, because, okay. And so 
the father caused the basement to be lit up, people not to trip down the stairs, and the father is causing the, the energy of their gifting to cause the Rockefeller Center to rock with Christmas and skating, okay, or, or something like that. And so each of us, that's our package. But, okay, so that's, that's the who we are and how that works. And I go from glory to glory, and I do it within my gift package. I'm not going to be a teacher over here and then suddenly be a helps person. I can fake helps in a crisis, but the next day I'm back. Okay, I need to be doing this. This is, this is where I get life. Okay, so, so and we can fake different things, but honestly, we need to keep pursuing our gifting area. So now here we are. Each one is given the manifestation. So this is, that clearly is, and so now, for the one is given, so here we have this list. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge according to the Spirit, through the Spirit, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit. He keeps saying, look, it's by the Spirit. Now the Spirit is doing this in real time. This, this, okay, don't, don't, don't get freaked out. And to another, gifts of healing. It says, and later on it says, gifts of healings. It's a double plural. That is, the healing might be the gift, right? The, the person might not, I have a gift healing. I don't think so. I think maybe the healing is the gift and you're the messenger boy. Oh, it takes a lot of pressure off. Miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, which should help all the arguments about tongues, about, well, is it a language people know? Is it a, yes, yes to all those things. And to another the interpretation of, of tongues. But the one in the same spirit, so that's, that's like he's saying, look, that spirit, that spirit, that, that one in the same spirit is giving you these things. And what are these things, just as he wills? Well, these are power tools. So when I'm that Christmas tree light, let's say I'm a teacher, okay? My calling is teacher, and my current ministry is to teach in kids' church. And that's who I am. Love doing it. Don't think I'll do it forever, but I'm, I'm teaching kids' church right now. So my charisma is teacher. My ministry is kids' church. And God the Father is using my teaching in kids' church to really inspire the kids about God. But an interesting thing has started to happen. I have been starting to get words of knowledge about the kids. Now, what does that look like? It looks like I'm beginning to see who God's making them to be. I'm like seeing their charisma. I'm seeing, and I am speaking because this revelation, it's, it's just the weirdest thing. You could go, yeah, I like look at some of the kids. Also, I go, God, you're like, oh, and, and you're starting. And so you're getting, so a word of knowledge comes from the spirit to you and you decide what to do with it. I can speak it. I can sit on it. I can pray about it, but it's a, re I know something. And so what this teacher does is she then begins to prophesy like we've done. She speaks over the kids. She doesn't say, thus saith the Lord. She goes, you know, Johnny, something I love about you. And he's like, wow. See, and all of a sudden, pew, 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 God the Father is causing these kids to latch on to their destiny call early in life through this teacher. Okay? So what is causing that to happen? Well, the gifting is causing it to happen. The ministry is causing it to happen. The energy of the Father making, you know, everything that you don't see the Father sees and is working on is causing it to happen. But there's this power tool, not but, well, one of the six big buts of the Bible, but 
there's this power tool that is a combination of these things that is energizing what she does so that the thing the, the outcome of what she does is more than she could ever do through study and d diligence and hard work. It just is more than you could ever do. And so you go to the Congo and you go, okay, so here I am in the Congo and uh, I'm not even gonna pretend to figure out what, what you're gifting and calling. Okay, wait, okay. Um, and so you say, okay, so this is, this is who I am right now and we rescue and, and we're pretty fearless and, and which of these things do I, maybe all, you know, I say, yeah, I would love to get, you know, and I would love to be warned about danger ahead of time, which might also be a word of knowledge. I would love to get a word of wisdom that is a sudden insight into what God is doing in this part of the world so I can cooperate with it. I would love, um, you know what, I would love a miracle. A kid's got something, cancer. Holy Spirit, I would love to start praying and seeing people healed. Would you, would you help me? You know, Jesus couldn't heal in his hometown. He tried and couldn't in Mark 3 and 4. He tried, Jesus tried and couldn't heal. It's very biblical to not be able to work miracles in your hometown. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's biblical. Jesus, Son of God, Almighty King of Kings, Lord of the universe, it says he was a donato without power to do miracles, and he marveled at their unbelief. The joke is, in charismatic circles, anybody can do miracles in Africa. It's America where it's hard, right? Because the unbelief here is just astounding. It's astonishing levels of unbelief here. There's almost anger against the miraculous. If I were Satan, I would go, yeah, job well done. We have made the miraculous look so ridiculous that people don't believe in it anymore. And that's totally contrary to God's plan for us. Andy, I'm yeah. just real clarification of terms. Yeah. A word of wisdom is through the Spirit, God is telling you what he's doing in, in something. Yep. Some per person, place, or thing. Yeah. A word of knowledge is God is giving you an insight into the person of what's going on with what the plan God has for that person or something that's going on with a person yeah. or people or a... Yeah, yeah. Let me go through them real quick. Oh, sorry. No, no. You, you're, I, I shouldn't have been lagging. I was. I started talking about... So we, we have tongues, which is... And we're going to come back to tongues. So I'm going to skip that. But tongues is speaking out of your spirit something that you may or may not know what you're speaking or singing or mumbling. Okay? Loud, under your breath, shouted in a group with a bunch of people. Interpretation is you or someone else saying, you know what you just said? I just got the sense that. Does this seem right that? Man, when you were singing in that tongue, these words were coming to me. I've been in places where this person sings in tongues and this person sings in English and they're, they're just going back and forth. They just go, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. I've been in places, I, I was in the defrosted Lutheran conference back in about 74, and there were 6,000 charismatic Lutherans in a conference hall, and, and, and uh, Bob Mumford walks up to the mic and he just goes, shut up, and the room erupts in singing in tongues, everybody's singing. I, I had just gotten understanding that gift and received it, however you want to say it, like three days before, and I'm just like, these are my peeps. You know, just like, wow. And I had never experienced anything so powerful in my life. It was just, it was just like I was in heaven and the angels were singing. And it just felt that way to me. Okay. So 
Prophecy, we've talked about prophecy, what it is. It's, it's getting a sense of what God is saying and saying it. And we talked about the three words that it is, exhortation, consolation, edification. Okay, word of knowledge is knowing something that you shouldn't necessarily know, but you know it. So I was praying for a guy some time ago, and um, all of a sudden I saw a, a picture of his gym teacher abusing him. And I said, and he's, you know, he's not, you can tell he's not connecting. And, and so I said, your gym teacher abused you. And as I began to speak, I knew it was sixth grade. I said, in sixth grade. And bam, eyes as big as saucers. He starts just wailing and crying. And I said, God knows and he cares. Open the door. Just open the door for ministry. The guy just broke. Okay. So uh, without that power tool, may have been weeks and weeks of counseling. I'm not saying there wasn't weeks of helping him now to adjust his thinking, to adjust his belief process. But um, so word of wisdom is kind of what you said. It's, It's understanding God's plan, God's intention, and getting a re- for, for a situation and getting just a real clear sense of that, okay? Discerning of spirits is uh, understanding what's driving somebody to say or do something. You go, that just feels wrong to me. Or, you know, it's, it's like God's early warning system, heads up. Or not, a, not something bad, it's God's system saying, that person may seem weird, but listen, my spirit's on them. Okay, so it's, it's understanding the, the intent. Healing is healing. It could be, uh, some people distinguish healing and miracles. So healing is I pray, and it happens slowly, but it happens. It, it's accelerated. Some, it's like, wow, you get up. And I mean, I literally was sitting, and a guy, the short leg thing, and you know, a guy's walking like this. And a, a guy put his hand under his leg, and literally his leg grew so fast it slapped against his hand. I, look, I saw it with my own eyes. I'm like, okay. I was in another place. Guy comes in. He's got <clears throat> um, one shoe with, with a heel this thick, and some people are praying over here. And all of a sudden I hear shouting and crazy screaming, and he gets up, and he's doing this. And I'm looking, and they're, they're the same length. And he throws his shoes away. Okay, so, so when you start seeing things, you go, all right, whether it happened is now lo- no longer in dispute. How it happened, why it happened, should I be involved in it, and is this God? Those are the questions we ask. But the fact of it happening, not in dispute. You see, you see things with your own eyes and you go, okay. I mean, your son, you know, the fact that, that he, he is tumor disappeared is indisputable and you know why it happened i mean (laughs) i mean there's no question about it and so um miracles is just taking healing and and extending it into all kinds of stuff and faith is just is the those pants would wake me up brother (laughs) (laughs) and so and so faith is the is the Knowing that you know that you know that something's going to happen, and despite anything you see, you're just like, I don't care what I see, this is going to happen. People go, how do you know? I don't know. I just, it is going to happen. You can invest in it. You can bank on it. It's going to happen. 
Okay, and that's what those things are. Now remember, all of these things, remember we talked about God is not given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So those are the three legs on the tripod. All of these things are done in light of a sound mind. You don't have to be crazy and speak in tongues. Power, it is the power of God. And love, I, I don't use tongues to embarrass people. I'm not going to sit and, and pray in tongues in a church setting if there's not an interpreter. Why? Because it's not loving. This power, love, and a sound mind. And so the Holy Spirit has equal portions of those, and we need to have equal portions of those. And, and before you guys got in, I said it's like a tripod, and you view the world through the camera on that tripod, and if one leg is short, everything is slanted, but you don't know it, right? And so if you have a long doctrine sound mind leg and a long love lay my life down leg and a sh short power leg, then you look at the word like this, you're out of sync with the Holy Spirit, you're out of sync with someone who may have all three legs, and you're missing out on the power of God. And so evangelical churches tend to be that way. They tend to be, first of all, strong doctrine, strong Bible teachers. Secondly, some evangelical churches are very strong in love. This one is one of those. But the power side, the, the, the can we allow and encourage these things to happen is it okay to use power tools in our walk, in daily life? I don't know. What if something crazy happens? What if it gets Pentecostal? We, uh, what if we have another Campbellite revival? You know, I mean, well, that might not be bad. But, um, and so, so that then becomes a concern for us. And one of the, any questions so far? Okay. Yes. I was just going to say that so much of this is just being truly open to what God wants to teach us. Because, you know, when we dig our heels in, you know, we're not teachable. Yeah. And so um, this is just one example, but, I mean, you know Martha. Okay? Yeah. Um, she's always had one of her gifts is discerning of spirits. Yeah. She started work. Um, at a hospital last week and she said she the first day she, that she really was on the job she said she almost felt like I, I can't do this job and what she was feeling was yeah. so much pain and anguish and stuff that was in that area and she didn't she said I had to go home and pray about it to realize this is not for me it's just there yeah you know it's something that I'm discerning because there, yeah, and I just need to be open to what God wants me to do with it. Yeah, and not not feel like it's my burden to bear. It's it's just he it's there. Me. It's yeah, here, and you know people are hurting, but mm -hmm. because you have this gift, you can feel those. Things. Yeah, or that manifest God used that manifest. I mean, Mike knows he and I ministered together, and everybody I pray for, I get a picture of their issue before they ever say a word. Every single time for ten years, two thousand people. I, And I'm the worst artist on earth, which is like God's is really bad artist, joke. But, uh, but what comes out at the end is what he has drawn on a piece of paper. And you have details in the picture you have. Like, give us an example. One guy that he gave, uh, 
he was in a cave. And yeah. threw him in a cave. He was afraid to come out of the cave. I can't remember all the details yeah. of it, but um, it had something to do being pinned up in, in the cave. And didn't yeah, come out. So, so there's usually little symbols um, for me. They're always stick men because that's as good as I can do. I mean, it's just, it's pretty bad. But for me, in a sense, I need that because I do just a lot of trauma counseling, a lot of inner healing stuff. And it just accelerates the process. And sometimes you're halfway through and you get a little stuck and the person is wondering, is this really God? And, and say, and then I'll go, let me show you a picture you saw me drawing when we started. I'll turn it around and then they go, okay, there are sticks and lines. What is this? And I'll, and, and, and I'll describe it. And, you know, you've seen, they just go, oh. Oh, and so that would be, what, a word of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Andy, just, I, I can't speak for everybody here. I've grown up in a very fundamental, conservative church, yeah. but also grew up in a very modern culture that wanted to prove everything. Yep. And, uh, and, and our, our faith tradition got caught up in that. Yep. And so the, the struggle for me in this, uh, you know, now I don't have a problem believing all of these things, but... My problem is wrestling still with the rational side of that. Mm -hmm. and, and what I want to encourage people here is, is that we have the false understanding that um, um, that we can understand everything and we've absolutely taken the mystery of God out of everything. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let me give an example of that right here, right now with tongues, okay? Because tongues is like manifestations 101. And so you're going to hear Andrew Newberg, a neuroscientist, look like or sound talk. Like, well, Hang on. People who speak in tongues sound like they are speaking some kind of language, but when Researchers have actually done a linguistic analysis. It shows that it doesn't have any kind of resemblance to a typical language. The practitioners feel as if the Spirit of God is taking over them. Interestingly, there are those religious individuals who actually say that this is the work of the devil, and that it isn't the Spirit of God, but it is the devil that's causing this to happen. And of course, those in a more scientific mind actually think that it's a psychological abnormality. It may actually be some kind of psychotic episode or some problem with the brain. But here's what I can tell you from our own study of people speaking in tongues. In our speaking in tongues study, it was fascinating because it was actually one of my favorite studies. We did our first subject as she came in through the uh, our laboratory doors and I talked to her, she was a very sweet, very intelligent sounding, middle-aged woman, and she described to me the importance of speaking in tongue in her life. She told me how important it was, how spiritual it was for her, and how it really had, in many ways, transformed who she was. Now came the moment of truth. We told her that she could begin to speak in tongues whenever she wanted So to. she was all wired up. Now with the and with the brain scan. Listening to the same gospel music, she started to sing again. She started to sing in English. But after a few minutes, she slipped into something that I had never heard before. It was just for a few seconds, but it sounded like some kind of weird language. And then it went back to English. Then the strange sound occurred again, 
and lasted a little bit longer. And then after a few minutes, the only sound coming out of her mouth was the speaking in tongues. What did the scan show? Well, there were some very interesting differences. One of the most important differences, the most important... It's talking about between meditation and tongues now. Frontal lobes. Remember that the frontal lobes, right behind your forehead, are what make us feel like we're in control of our actions. It actually, when we're talking, when I'm talking to you right now, my frontal lobes are turning on to generate the words, to generate the thoughts, and to tell you exactly what I'm thinking. And if I move, it's my frontal lobes that make me move. But what happened when the person was speaking in tongues? Instead of increasing in activity, the frontal lobes actually decreased in activity. Does this make sense? Well, let's think about what's going on. Remember, in meditation or prayer, the person is willfully concentrating on that particular prayer, on that particular phrase, or on that particular image. And what was going on here? They weren't concentrating on anything. In fact, what they seemed to be doing is letting all of their control, all of their conscious control of what was going on go away so that the experience for them is that they, their will is literally taken over and what they believe is taken over by the Spirit of God to make this vocalization happen. When this happens, it looks like their frontal lobes literally shut down. The part of them that normally makes them feel in control actually decreases in activity and it allows yeah. them to have this experience that they're not the ones who are actually in control. This is right out of 1 Corinthians 14. So, um, so here's the guy who does brain scans. Uh, the, the, the whole thing is, is much longer. And he said, I thought she was going to like have an exorcist episode. And, you know, and, but he basically says, look, her frontal lobe shut down. She became highly emotional. She began to just connect and pray. And he said, I was amazed. I watched. And he said earlier that we just didn't have time. He said, she was a very intelligent, likable person. She wasn't wacko. And, and he did like 15 different people, all speaking in tongues, businessmen, the whole, the whole thing. And he ended up saying, <clears throat> look, I don't know what it is, but I know it's highly valuable to the people who do it. Because the charismatic movement exploded in the 60s and 70s, there are about 20 different psychological studies done before they had brain scans. And, they, and so I felt, so I, I speak in tongues. True confessions. There's probably a number of you in here who also do, um, and so I felt like a like an African native tribe with anthropologists trying to explain our tribal rituals. I just was like, huh, that's not how it happens. At all. What you know? It's just it's just like you, you just see the speculation. But but one of the things that I thought was really true was this. And, and that is that they, they took a bunch of students, 20 or 30 students, in a non-Christian setting, and they played speaking in tongues and said, okay, try to do it, try to do it. And after about half an hour, half of them could and do it fluently. And so you say, well, see, and then they say, well, pagan, right, speak in tongues. And, and so here's the deal. Let's take prophecy. It's not that you can't talk and then you can suddenly prophesy. You can talk. 
But what prophecy is, is God, the spirit flowing in your words through your mind and helping you to say what he wants said. You don't suddenly begin talking. You already know how to talk. You already know how to do this thing. Tongues is actually um, a physical capability within the human makeup. What it is, is you generating speech or letting speech flow from the left side of your brain. It goes out through your speech center and totally bypasses your prefrontal cortex. And I could teach any of you to do that. Okay, I've, I've helped 100 people speak in tongues before I even thought about that part of it. Okay, it's like, I hope this isn't manipulative, but a week later you go, how are you doing? Oh man, this is crazy fun. Okay, and so you go, okay. So, so what happens is, is when I do that, then the Holy Spirit says, good, your brain is out of commission. Let me begin to flow through what you're doing and you will learn my voice without your brain being involved. Tongues is by far the best way for us to learn the difference between our mind and our spirit and the Holy Spirit. Just like fasting is by far the best way to discern the voice of your body and the voice of your brain, because your body says, eat or we die, and your brain says, shut up, okay? In the same way, over here, your spirit is saying, we're praying, we're praying, you're praying, and your brain's going, hey, what's happened? What's that? This is foolish. This is stupid. We should stop. But your brain, your spirit over here, begins to sense the flow of God in what you're saying. And it can be halting at first, and then off you go. And then as you practice it, you begin to realize, oh, I'm supposed to intercede. And for me, the language changes to something that sounds oriental when I'm interceding for somebody. When I'm praising, it's more melodic. So I probably speak three, four different things. I have no idea. I have interpreted my own tongues and other people have before. But for me, it is primarily a private way to pray. And when I don't know what to do and when I'm feeling stress on a bus, I'm mumbling in tongues. I'm connecting to the Holy Spirit. For me, it's a way to sharpen my ability to discern the voice of the spirit and the voice of my brain. Because I have a really strong analytical Enneagram 3 brain. Okay, I mean, it is like nothing but trouble. And so, and so for me, tongues has been a godsend literally to sort out how to discern the spirit because I'm praying in tongues. And then as interpretation comes in, my brain is allowed to peek at what's being said, but not to control it, right? So interpretation is sort of the add-on to that. And then prophecy takes the tongues out of it and allows just the flow to happen. So you can see kind of the, the build-up. So tongues is just your spirit, your brain's not involved. Interpretation is your brain gets to help but isn't in charge. And prophecy is, now let's take tongues out of it and you can just speak English. But remember, it's still coming from the same place, right? You know, <clears throat> growing up, Andy, I, I missed all of this. I had no, not only did I have context for it, I was like, you know, 1 Corinthians 14 doesn't apply, right? Yeah. Particularly, but, but I, I think I, I just need this to, to challenge myself, maybe somebody else, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, eagerly, right. eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Right. 
be zealous for. Be zealous for. Yeah. And, 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 and he says somewhere else about I desire of all men. I mean, there's, there's, his language on tongues is, is, is amazing to me. And this is a really big deal. But so much of my life, I've been content to be like, yeah, 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 but whatever. And I love your three stool analogy. Because, again, God says, eagerly desire this. Right. This, isn't, this isn't something that you can... You, it's like, it's like our, our whole decently in order scripture that we in the Church of Christ use is describing how to speak in tongues and prophecy decently in order. I mean, we've just taken it totally out of context and made it an order of worship. And God says, no, order in worship, not order of worship. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just in my life, my experience is oftentimes the things that I need to do are not necessarily the things either I want to do or are comfortable to do. Right. And that applies to parenting or you name it. Sure. Like work or whatever. But just, just that scripture, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, eagerly desire spiritual. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I just, I challenge everybody. Yeah, well, this is that challenge. What do you suggest? Well, here's what God suggests. Yeah, do, are you going to say something? So, and yeah, I speak in tongues as well, but not as much as I wish that I did. I uh-huh. find it flows most naturally for me. When I speak in tongues, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know what it means to get a word of knowledge or to prophesy or to have a word from God or that God speaks to them. But none of them, I believe, speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest that, that I help them get to that? Yeah, I would, I would just uh, say to them, is it something that you want? Are you okay with it? A little explanation. Would you like to ask God for it? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's begin worshiping God together and... And when I say go, we'll go. And when I say shift to tongues, just shift to tongues and just follow me. I've watched a guy do it and he goes, okay, what language do you speak? German, English. He goes, okay, we're going to add another language. He goes, okay, let's, okay, let's praise him in English. And he goes, oh, I thank you, Jesus. You know, I think, oh, he switched to German. Tongues. No, no. Stop. <laughs> tongues. Okay, let's start again. English, German. Okay, tongues. And then the guy, start, and all of a sudden he's off in tongues. And he goes, so it was my hesitation that stopped me. It was, the mind doesn't want to be unfruitful because we are soul-driven people whose spirit has taken a backseat. And God says, no, the, the natural man, the soul man, cannot understand the things of the spirit. They're foolishness to him. And among those tongues is paramount foolishness. Okay, And we just have to be willing to say, it's okay, I'll be a fool for you if you want me to be. And God goes, come on in. And you realize the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. And then all this doctrine and all this, all of that finds its place within the pantheon of, of all of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do. Right? So, so I would say, ask God to fill you with the Spirit if you never have. Then here's what you said. Be zealous for manifestation. Just say, I want those. Maybe focus on prophecy, which you did the last two weeks in tongues first. Use it in support of doing real things that are on the final exam and maintain that balance. Don't, don't, you know, the first thing that happens when we start speaking in tongues is A, we want everybody to do it. B, we tell everybody they should do it. C, we want to demonstrate it to everybody. And, you know, four, we offend everybody. 
okay? And it's like, stop! <laughs> you know? Don't do any of those things. None of those things are helpful. Um, okay, it's, it's a great way to start between you and God. Um, but I have seen some of the most powerful things where someone speaks in a tongue and the person who it's for interprets it and says, okay, that nailed me. And everybody goes, what nailed you? And he goes, you didn't hear, okay, let me, and then they explain. I mean, I have seen, I've seen someone in Europe praising in some Far Eastern language and a person there said, do you know what you were praising? And he said, no, and he goes, you know, a dialect. So, I mean, you hear those stories and you wonder, but then when you see those stories take place, you go, okay, all right. And the guy didn't know. He was speaking in a, in a language he had no idea he was speaking. And he couldn't talk in that language. He couldn't, you know, it's like, I still have no idea what I'm saying. Yes, sir. So growing up, we, you know, I've heard the scripture, and I, I don't exactly remember where it is, but it, it's like tongues, they will cease. Yeah. Um, what if, what's your thoughts? Yeah, First Corinthians 13, it says, when the perfect come, we all prophesy in part. We know in part, when the perfect comes, we will know as we're known. And these other things will cease. People say the perfect is scripture. I don't know as I'm known. I, I think when Jesus comes, we don't need to speak in tongues because we will be with the Holy Spirit visibly together. And, or maybe we'll all speak. Is speaking a heavenly land. I don't know. Maybe we don't need to speak at all because everything's pure thought. Um, but I, I think that is an excuse for people. It is a reason for people to say these things have ceased because look around, you don't see them. Rather than to say, it seems like they shouldn't have ceased. Look around what's wrong, right? It's two ways of looking at the same facts. One is to to objectify them, to explain them, and one is to say, this isn't right. Well, the same author that wrote that also said, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. Yeah. So he wasn't. Yeah, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yeah. 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 600 million people speak in tongues. It's either one of the greatest hoaxes pulled off by Satan on the face of the earth. Or there's something to it. And why would Satan cause this to happen when the fruit is uniformly good almost across 600 million people? You just go, I think there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary that it's died out. It's only died out in our little circle. You know, most of the world might think we might be a cult. You know, I'm, 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 that's an exaggeration, but they'd go, what? I mean, all of Africa does this, and this little group sends us missionaries, and we're like, are you coming so we can help you? You know, I, mean, <laughs> you know, I was on an airplane, a bunch of people were flying to Tennessee, and it was, here's Jesus, Nashville. And I'm like, you might have a point. You know, it's like, okay, you might have a point. Welcome. Um, so this is the last class in this series. Um, but that is not to say that it's not going to continue after January. We're going to do 15 weeks on Holy Spirit, and particularly focusing on if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. So we'll take all of this truth about the Holy Spirit and focus it on how we can be really good for each other, led by the Spirit, and good for ourselves, led by the Spirit. Okay? Thank you all very much. I like this little family we got going here. We'll see, hopefully see you after January. Our classes will begin... Uh,